With respect to the President's tweets about alleged wiretapping directed at him by the prior administration, I have no information that supports those tweets, and we have looked carefully inside the FBI. The Department of Justice has asked me to share with you that the answer is the same for the Department of Justice and all its components. The Department has no information that supports those tweets. And now, how you live in with Chaz Simmons and Mikkel Nielsen. All right, we're back once again live from Greenwood. The boys of Greenwood are back. Bonjour, shalom, what's up? How you living? Keeping it real once again, this time back on a Tuesday. Back on a Tuesday. Going up on a Tuesday, just like I Love McConan and Drake's hit, Tuesday. Tuesday. How you living, Chaz? You know, I'm living pretty well. Um, I just got finished watching uh, American Crime Story, The People versus O.J. Simpson. Oh, and now uh, that was the not real. That was like a uh, a, a reenactment version. Right? Yeah, basically. It was a FX miniseries. <clears throat> now, have you seen <clears throat> the uh, now Oscar winning uh, ESPN documentary, the uh, O.J.? Um, I think it's called Made in America. Yeah, I'm I'm like two hours in on it. It's a seven hour documentary. Yeah, it's quite it's quite a bit long. But that one has a good like I think people should watch both because uh, the dramatic retelling of what happened back then kind of gives you a good breast of like just what OJ went through, what the parents went through, uh, what was the weirdness about the investigation itself. And then uh, Made in America will tell you, like, basically who and like what led OJ to be who he was, uh, why he went for fame. And it's a good like watching the two together. You're like, whoa. Yeah. It kind of gives you a microcosm of what do you think of uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s performance as OJ? It was it was you know what? I think it was good from what I remember as a kid OJ being like. But what I want to do is I'm not at the point in Made of America where they go over the uh, the murder of uh, Nicole Brown Smith and uh, Ron Goldman. Right. Uh, I'm not there yet. So once I get there, I'm going to see because he did a really good job of doing his little uh, facial twerks or uh, facial twe- facial tweaks. Right. Or micro expressions as lie to me would call them. Yeah. And his interaction with uh, Shapiro seems kind of legit i don't yeah. know um, as far as like kind of what i remember seeing from the trial mm-hmm. um that the uh the two of them look like he looked like he was hoping for shapiro to figure out how to get him off and uh-huh. so he was constantly kind of looking up to shapiro and they kind of play off that role in the in the miniseries if i remember mm-hmm. yeah so that was believable and uh kuba does a good job of that mm-hmm. of kind of surrendering the legal mind to uh shapiro oh yeah yeah, yeah. It was an interesting one. I remember that. Well, uh, I guess uh, that does bring us to our normal um, segment. Segment that we typically like to call callbacks. Cuckoo callbacks. And uh, this time we got a callback. Most of the show last time we talked about the healthcare um, initiatives and bills that are going through, mostly the American. Care Act, uh, yeah, and the American Health Care Act, the American Health Care Act, Ryan Care. So, uh, what do you have on the Ryan Care update this week, Chaz? Uh, I did want to play a little clip uh, from uh, 
Paul Ryan uh, talking to Chris Wallace on Fox News Sunday and him uh, really asking a question. One of the big things uh, I think last week when we talked about the CBO score, right? That it was going to be uh, 24 million people was going to be off of health insurance in uh, 10 years because of the Medicaid reduction and 14 within the first year. So this is uh, Chris Wallace kind of confronting him with that question and just kind of seeing what he thinks about it all. Okay. People will no longer be able to afford health insurance under your plan. I want to show a specific case that the CBO put up. Look at these numbers. In 10 years, the CBO said a 64-year-old with an income of $26,500 will pay $1,700 out of pocket under Obamacare for health insurance. Under your plan, the CBO says, that same person will have to pay $14,600 because insurance companies can charge more and the tax credit that you're gonna offer is smaller than the subsidy that Obamacare will offer. So, so what they're saying is this isn't freedom, this isn't people voluntarily deciding not to have health insurance, it's that your plan makes it unaffordable for people. So uh, there's three things I would say. Number one, what they basically say is people, uh, Obamacare is not going to last. There's no way Obamacare could stick another two or three years, let alone 10 years. And so they're comparing an Obamacare plan that's mythical, that won't exist in 10 years. Then they're saying, well, if, if people are going to buy what Obamacare is going to make them buy, uh, then they won't be able to afford it. Here's the point. We believe that we do need to add some additional assistance to people in those older cohorts. But the, the apples to oranges comparison that's happening here is we're not going to make people buy something that's so expensive that they can't afford that the market's not going to offer. And so where. Wow. Well, obviously, Obamacare would live if you weren't killing it right now. Exactly. So. Right. And, and uh, when he says that, because there's a lot of things that I have to say to that. Um, the first one is that I was listening to the Vox to weed and they went over the ACHA last week. I think I mentioned them before. And then they went over kind of the blunders of what Paul Ryan was talking about. And one of the things they talked about is uh, Paul Ryan is a small fiscally, small government, fiscally conservative Republican. Right. Right. And that means a certain thing. So representing uh, Wisconsin. Yes. Yeah. And there is a thing they really want. They basically just want the government out of everything including health care so what this bill really does which vox was pointing out is that we're trying to take get rid of the entitlements from poor people because and i don't have any clips for you but if you start listening to republicans one of the things that paul ryan was really adamant about was that he thinks that able-bodied poor people are weighing down on the system because they should be able to go out there and get a job and then just get health insurance from their job and he thinks that taking away their health insurance uh, will build their motivation to go out and get a job right because basically those republicans think that uh the people like they they call them entitlements which basically means like they think you only feel entitled to it but it's not a right and uh, mostly they feel like that the upper echelon of people who worked hard to get there shouldn't be paying a lot of taxes, especially if those taxes are going to poor people who have it way too easy in our country already. According to them. Right. According to Paul Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, It's and it's difficult, yet at the same time we have a federal mandate that all of those hospitals that these people show up at have to service and give them care. Uh -huh. And so they're 
showing up in these ERs in droves in cities in rural America all over the place. Oh yeah, in Paul Ryan's district, and uh, and meanwhile the healthcare system was built to help alleviate some of that problem and give everyone insurance coverage and hopefully give them access to then possible primary care, preventative care, and things that would save money in the long run. But instead they're dicing it up and putting those rules of people back off of health care which will then end up uh coming back into the er so it'll just <laughs> come back on the system we'll end up with a bunch of people not paying bills on er and uh and we'll have a un- unbalanced health care system as per the usual yeah and i think back when we um went over obamacare itself the patient protection uh in uh health care act or i think doesn't yeah health Dude, there's so and many affordable names. Care Act. Yeah. Sorry. What, what about God. the world's greatest health care act? You know. Like, oh yeah, that was last week's bill watch. Yeah. So I mean, prong two. Prong, prong two. two. Yeah. I wonder if that's made the news yet. If the prong two that we broke. <laughs> because definitely, like, going back to when we talked about the um, ACA, definitely there are things in there they could do to patchwork it to make it work better. But they really have been playing this still to repeal and replace. And they definitely, uh, when they talk about freedom in that clip, they're saying you have the freedom to have access to health care. And because you're not being forced to buy health care. Right. Even though the amount of money you would pay in taxes, not getting health care is way less than you would be paying if you actually got health care. So... That and um, the original system was based on the fact that the the mandate created a reason for people that were healthy young Americans to sign up for health care and, exactly. and pay into a system that helped uh, balance it out because overall the system right now is not balanced. Right, exactly. And yeah. that's why it's failing. Right. Yeah. And, and there's provisions in there like the one time that I pointed out before that it says this is how many plans that ha- you have to have. So anytime I heard them complaining that it's going down to only one plan and I'm all like, that's what the ACA mandates. One silver plan, one gold plan on every market across the board. So anybody else who wanted to get the hell out of Dodge, they could because the mandate only needed one and they right. can't go to zero. That's the thing they're not telling you. Obamacare can never go to zero. Right. There is always going to be one silver plan and gold plan on the exchange. Yeah, exactly. And that that's the thing that gets me the most because they're always like, we're down to one. And, and then it feels like they're going to go to zero, but you can't. The law says you can't. Right. <laughs> so yeah and then and now that's gone away so we'll, yeah. we'll see they i mean they have like a year or two they have to restructure it for it to take an effect so people are currently still under the the obamacare mandate so yeah so the vote is supposed to go out on this one on thursday and i think indivisible radio actually let me pull that up really quick indivisible radio had a thing where they told you where people were standing in both the house and the senate what was what is the good on learning that where they're staying? Well, where they're standing and voting on this new health care bill that oh, uh, right. Ryan wants to push through before um, they go into recess in April, I believe. And they just need a uh, simple majority at this point. Yeah, yeah, because it's going through the house, and then um, it... well, it has to go through three steps still. It, it's still in the house, and they do need a simple majority in the house, but but then it has to go to the Senate. And then the Senate, like, it might pass the House, but even if it has to go through the Senate, it is going to have a uh, 
a really big a hard time getting through because there's a lot of senators saying like oh my god i don't know right what do my constituents want i mean because a lot of them represent whole state i mean well the senator represents a whole state so uh all right so let's see right now new healthcare bill find out which where your congress member stands on the indivisible um radio on the wnyc.org website so when it comes to the house of republicans in a favor there are 90 of them and there are zero democrats um in favor of it and right now opposed to it in the house there are 22 republicans and there's a 167 opposed Democrats, the ones that are equivocal. There are 55 Republicans on that one and only two Democrats. And the ones with no statement, there are 72 House Republicans and 28 House Democrats. So they have a majority um, on the sidelines there that could vote. Yeah. So that's an interesting situation. It's and very up in the air at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And they're wheeling and dealing. Did you hear about um, Trump doing his little pizza party for um, the Freedom Caucus that has eight members in it? I think that's the eight member. Oh, no. Um, it has eight members in it that are like, no, we don't want to vote on this. We're not going to vote on this. And then he's all like, yeah, so I'm really glad that uh, our president's trying to push this through because this is going to be a really good bill that allows for freedoms. Which I think if they pass it, then we have to watch out for America's Greatest Healthcare Act. Because that's the real repeal and replace. Real repeal and replace. Oh, man. Repeal and replace. Repeal and replace. Uh, well, any more statements we have on the uh, healthcare callback segment of our... No, no. I think I think we're good. I think that's a good like overview. We can just tell you what the Senate is looking like. There's eight in favor, Republicans, zero Democrats, seven opposed um, Republicans, 38 Democrats, equivocal, 22 uh, House, no, Senate Republicans, one Democrat, and the ones that have no statement, 15 Senate Republicans, and seven Senate Democrats. Oh, sorry. They thought you got it wrong, but I think you actually had that right. Uh, so that moves us on, as always. Uh, I guess since we are talking about the House bill, we should uh, move into everyone's second favorite segment on the show, which is our bill watch. Bill watch. That's right. You have to bill watch sometimes, especially Chaz. And uh, Chaz, what is uh, what's on the docket this week? Uh, we were all looking at a few of them uh, earlier today. And there's uh, five that I saw that were listed specifically from this week. And then there was one that you had pulled that was kind of a topic that you were thinking of. That Top one I was having a hard time to find. I just saw it flash on Facebook and I wanted to look into it. But might have been, It might have been fake news. It, it might have been. It might have been a state um, house bill and not a national health bill. But the headlines on the uh, HR bills that they have listed right now on govtrack.us slash congress slash bills is H.R. 1238, Securing Our Agriculture and Food Act, H.R. 1297, the Quadrennial Homeland Security Review Technical Corrections Act of 2017, 
the Terrorist and Forward and Fighter Travel Exercise Act of 2017, which is H.R. 1302, and then H.R. 1215, Protecting Access to Care Act of 2017, which is about um, part of the, uh, the health care, and then H.R. 1304, Self-Insurance Protection Act, which I think is all kind of like feeding off of the need to patch up um, holes once Obamacare is eliminated as far as certain parts that were being uh, expanded Medicare. In this particular thing, it's to amend the Employee Retirement Income Security Act of 1974 and the Internal Revenue Code of 1986 to exclude from the definition of health insurance coverage certain medical stop-loss insurance obtained by certain plan sponsors of group health plans. So it's some type of complicated self-insurance measure that last one. Oh yeah but what we noticed when we clicked on these is the uh the agriculture one for instance is actually a homeland security bill and it's about um protecting our food uh sources and things um from terrorist acts which i guess makes sense it's along with the waterways and whatnot um but that's what that bill is going to amend it's going to give them power over that and then uh there's another homeland security they're going to conduct a exercise uh in order to um, what would happen if they had to apprehend foreign fighters or terrorists. Uh, so they're going to develop and conduct an exercise to evaluate our nation's preparedness. <laughs> so that's more uh, Homeland Security. And then, of course, the quadrilanual <laughs> Homeland Security Review, which is probably just like a normal um, every four years. They take a look at uh, what they're what they're doing with Homeland Security, which is our newest arm of the government you know it's the last department that was created so all right uh what what are bills that you uh or things that are going through congress right now that you've uh had your eye on or something that you want to comment search as uh i think there is one um i don't uh there's one i saw before but i definitely Actually, I think all of these I've said before. So, so we've all caught up. We've caught up on the bills. Yeah, uh, that's uh, typically what happens when we have our four-day hiatus period from a Thursday to Tuesday show. You know, there's not as much over the weekend, and plus it was a holiday weekend. There was the St. Patrick's Day, so uh, so everyone um, had their favorite, you know, drinking hole that they were at. Maybe oh they, yeah, maybe they saw some bagpipers. Uh, speaking of which, man, did you watch, cause you know, one of the, the, what's the famous kind of, uh, series trilogy style, but it actually went farther than three, uh, horror classics. Speaking of St. Patrick's Day. Oh, like Leprechaun? Is the great movie <laughs> Leprechaun. Now, I have not seen that. Outside of Leprechaun, which of course we could, I mean, it had several incarnations of, uh, of 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 leprechaun uh all the way f up to in space in the hood so there there were several versions of it but that being said what is your favorite kind of series horror movie what 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 kind of uh movie series and you know I'll even include joke if you want to say scary movie no I wasn't going to say that but but I'm saying uh you know there's there's several out there you got the halloween uh, you got the Friday the Thirteenth, right? The Jason. Uh, um, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Final Destination. Oh, Final De. Okay, kind of a newer, new age classics. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I really like just like, like how silly they get, 
and they're really not scary they're more like they're an adrenaline rush that fills you with anticipation right right so you get anxious like really anxious it's uh fast and the furious with more character deaths exactly like you don't you always you're always wondering like and they they, they make you speculate right it, it, it feels like you entered a phoenix right room and you're about to do an investigation and they like pan over there like oh is it gonna be this thing oh look at this oh i'm gonna zoom in on this thing will it be the faucet oh let me look at this cabinet will it be the cabinet oh will it be this chair will it be the chair and then it looks like like this one in the cup and then they precursor shit right like he'll be like pouring himself some coffee and then he'll burn himself a little bit and then you'll be like oh something's gonna happen where it's gonna burn him right <laughs> but then they get away from that one and it's like get over here kevin and be like oh it was getting hot and then they walk away from it and you're like wait what when are they gonna die <laughs> yeah and then it's the stairwell you're like oh the stairs <laughs> right you're like what they didn't pan the stairs yet Uh, right sometimes they do it sometimes they build it up sometimes they're like build up build up build up surprise right and then you always wonder like i want to i want to see i want to see a version of that and i haven't seen if they've done anything new but i want to see a guy who like lives through a few of them because he knows how to outspace death so well and then because then it actually becomes like him versus like because the movie is supposed to be about death like killing you because you're supposed to kill be killed in this big thing but you didn't die because some person saw the future and and then he was able to say you know get the hell out of dodge we're not dying here but i really want like that person to like go on the next ones because he was like no i really know how death works Right, and then after a certain time, he's gonna get tired, and I just get to keep living my life. There you go, <laughs> and just living. And that's like Destination Twelve, and the guy from Destination Eight is still living, and he just appears, and you're like, "Wait, what?" Story continued for him, and then you can do Destination Thirteen, and it's the callback to how Eight lived through all of it. Oh shit, dude! We already yes. made a TV show last week. That right. would that would have been my callback earlier, I suppose. Was shout out to uh, Busthead. coming to a small screen near you so yeah that was a good yeah i guess i mean outside of okay the leprechaun series uh you know friday the 13th classic uh freddy krueger was a uh definite quintessential 80s horror villain uh pretty appropriate for the time and for uh that type of genre so i i'd say the Friday the 13th series, plus you had like a, what, a young Johnny Depp in the original, and uh, yeah, a few other, maybe, I, I want to say maybe even like Kevin Bacon or something. Is oh, in, yeah. Yeah. I so. think he was in the first um, Jason movie. Okay. But the one that didn't have Jason as the villain. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, Jason, in the end, isn't he kind of a victim? Because the whole boating thing, right? Yeah, yeah. He's the victim in the first one. It's yeah. Jason's mother, Mrs. Voorhees, is just like, well, that's from Psycho, but you know, you get the idea. You get it. You get it. You get the idea. Well, that's cool. All right. Well, uh, that would be, that would be, I don't know why I bring up horror in March, you know, but spring, but uh, I guess the leprechaun tie. <laughs> yeah, I know. So you tie. said, you said St. Patty's Day. You're like, speaking of St. Patty's Day. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but it, I mean, otherwise it's March. I mean, it's spring. Uh, we, we set our clocks forward. So uh, we are, we are enjoying more daylight here. In the oh Midwest, yeah, staying light later. So that's been uh, that's been a nice thing. Anybody who has said is now happy. Ah, 
Oh, there you go. First seasonal affected disorder. Yep. Are you sad? Do you live in Seattle? Do you wear dark colors to match the feelings on the inside? <laughs> well, now it's spring. You'll be fine. Spring. Every, what? <laughs> nine months. Spring. Every nine months. I was spring. trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's like, well, there's three of them is the spring. Uh, wow, math. It's the equinox. It's the equinox. Oh, yeah. st- okay. There you go. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. But yeah, we're going to start being able to see... Uh, People plant some uh, some gardens. There'll be uh, there'll be more floral kind of uh, atmosphere going on in our city here. Oh yeah, Just people start have to wake up in the backyard. Start shedding some clothing. Even though today, like today, was the false sunny day because it was actually like forty eight at the yeah. top, so it was really not that. <laughs> it wasn't like you know warm, but uh, but yeah, that's cool. You know, uh, it's good for the soul. Get a little bit of sun. Get a little bit of uh, natural vitamin D. Right. You know what got me thinking? It it was I was always wondering like why like fall and uh when is it spring feel like way way different seasons. Right? Cuz I knew like why summer and winter were like really hot, super super cold, right? But I'm looking at what I normally wear in those two settings and I'm looking at uh this jacket that I have and I'm like in the spring, I'm like I start wearing it at the beginning, but then slowly I'm just like, it's getting too hot for this shit. Right. And then, but in the fall, I'm like, oh man, I'm slowly putting it back on. And then I have to start thinking like, oh, it might be too, it's too cold for this, too too cold for this. And I'm like, that, that's the, I know, I know, I know I'm old. I know you're probably like, you just now got that. (laughs) just like, I'm just like, I just didn't know how to articulate it until now. (laughs) Right. I guess that's your, that's your spring fall collection. Right. That would go in the, the jazz spring fall collection. It's like during the winter, I'm wearing like a big old coat that has like all this warmness in it. Right. And in the summer, I'm in shorts and sandals. There you go. But during the spring and winter, I would always wear like jeans, like a long sleeve shirt and some sneakers. And I was just like, why am I able to wear these two things in these two seasons that feel so diametrically opposed to each other? Yeah, the old mild weather of the uh, Seattle area. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. It's always near 70. Just almost. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, we're we're living here. It's what? Officially, it's March 21st. March 21st. So that is uh, typically the actual beginning of the spring. Uh, baseball will be coming back. We'll be getting the Mariners games down there at Safeco. Oh, yeah. Have you ever done any of those uh, Mariners nights where there's something special going on? Yeah, bobbleheads and uh, the little bats. Yeah, yeah. I The last time I went, it was just a baseball night. So you just came in and you got a baseball. <laughs> oh, okay. There you <laughs> it, go. It was just kind of funny to see, like, you know, 4,500 people in the stands with baseballs, you know? So it was like whatever the first 10,000, I guess. But. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, had a baseball and watched a game. I enjoy uh, a good Mariners game. It's uh, it's an affordable ticket. It and is. It, you can even show up on a whim and buy one of the tickets on the street there, and they're not even really hustling them that expensive. Like, I think I bought one on the fly for twenty bucks. Oh, that's not bad. And it was like a good team, you know. So, mm-hmm. like, my friend told me, well, oh, I usually never pay more than ten, but he says he get, doesn't get there till the fourth inning. But I always like to see the opening pitchers, so I'm like, eh, the, I'll pay the extra ten bucks to see the opening pitchers. 
Yeah, it's like a good Friday night outing if you just want to do that with the boys yeah. or, you know, just like be with couples. Or... If you're downtown, you catch yourself, it's game night, and you haven't yeah. already bought a ticket, it, yeah, don't fret. You probably can still get in. There's probably even sometimes the box office, you know, depending on who the, who's coming. Yeah, every time I've gone to a Mariners game, it's either been a friend had a ticket. Um, Actually, I say that, and I've gone to Mariners game way different ways. Like, I've bought a ticket for my friend's uh, bachelor party that was there. And it was just, we just got, they have bleacher seats. Right. And we just bought like $20 or like maybe $15 bleacher seats. And then we just went down to the place that has all these restaurants. I think they called it the dugout. And then you you can just sit down there. They have tables and then you can watch like eye level to the field. And for like 20 bucks, you have to stand. Right. And, but you know, that's chill. And, and then they have other parts of the, what is it? The stadium where... You get your own private place to sit and everything, and it has its own different set of food. It's like upper echelon food. Yeah, like, there's the there was like the Hit It Here Cafe or something like that, and it's like the kind of that exclusive one. And then there was the Edgars, Edgars, you know, yeah. for Edgar Martinez down in the, uh, I, I want to say like left field, right, and, and Itchy Roll. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> Where's that at? That's um on like the main level. But they do sushi and stuff. That's funny. Back when Ichiro used to be on uh, our team, yeah, Ichiro. The, the Ichiro. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. Hey, man, the guy is, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame for being a clutch hitter. Like, yeah. He's got a lot of hits. So, yeah, he was a good player, man. We, uh, we've we got a pretty good squad this year. Um, I forget his last name, but one of our players is the starting pitcher for the Puerto Rican squad down in the World Baseball Classic right now. Oh, shit. And uh, he's going into the semifinals. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be a couple Mariners are going to be involved. Uh, The Robinson Cano was on the Dominican squad that the United States eliminated the other day. So Mm. Mariners doing a good showing down there in the World Baseball Classic. So. Yeah. Uh, any other topics that have uh, broached your mind this week, Search as? You know, I'm <laughs> trying to think. Not really. Other than, I guess, recently the the friend zone has popped up back on my Facebook page. like Or not, oh, I should say, on my feed. Like, more people are talking about it Dis- again. Discussion of it. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in against or for or from their experience, they're experiencing it or they're, what is, uh, what's the context of the friend zone? Um, is definitely heavily against. <laughs> heavily against. Heavily against. Okay. And definitely having discussions about their experiences with it. What's what does it mean for people? And uh, is there is there a typical demographic that's describing this hate of the friend zone. Like, is it cross gender, or is it? It's a cross. It's definitely, definitely, almost every woman I know has of issues it. with the uh, friend zone. Like, okay, they hate it. Okay, like I don't. I've I, like this is you know limited sample size, of course, but <laughs> four. <laughs> yeah, it's more than four, <laughs> right? But three hundred and thirty-two million people in yeah. the twenty women I can think of that said like that's why it's limited sample size, but. Okay, um, but within uh, that group, and they, it is definitely heavily against. And uh, that's interesting because I kind of would have considered it more of like a complaint of males, perhaps, that were being like befriending 
No, 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 no. See, see, so women, but you're no, you're no, 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 male. No, no, no. I'm not saying the women are saying it, are are complaining about the friends. Like, are aren't basically when males say I was put in the friend zone. Okay, women are vehemently the women that I know are vehemently against that thought process or that rationale. Being about like, like not getting with a girl or okay. not, you know, getting laid or something like that. Fair enough. Okay. And and I'm starting to see more dudes in my friend group as well too who agree with that. Although I would I can tell you places like you just find men's rights activists and they'll just be like, Oh yeah, no, like I was put in the friend zone, like I did all these things and they're also talking about how the friend zone and the nice guy seem to go together. Right. Well, the old adage, the uh, yeah. nice guy finishes last kind of thing. Or or then the other kind of reverse of that, that, oh, girls are attracted to assholes. Yeah, 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 you that know, one that's too. That's good. all, like, all the things, like, all the the values and the principles that kind of wrap themselves in the friend zone and what some dudes will exude to girls if they're like, I didn't get any. <laughs> it was all like, like and they'll, 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 they'll say whatever. They're like, I took her to Slate's Atlanta. I got her the lobster dinner, you know. I got her some flowers. I picked her up at her door and everything. And she just going to hug me? <laughs> she going to hug me? Yeah. Man, what the fuck, man? That happens, but, you know, me? what are you going to do, man? She going to hug me, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a difficult feed topic, man. I don't know, man. And that's kind of the, the other side is, like, Facebook's kind of uh, – I recently scrolled through the old friend list to find out uh, there's a lot of ghosts. There's a lot of profile heads that are no longer active accounts. There's a bunch Ooh, of people shit. that are uh, leaving the book. And, uh, you know, I, 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 given the dramatic nature of the feeds and the constant um, advertising now that's mm-hmm. just infiltrated the whole thing, it's hard to... Uh, to not want to quit, you know, especially when you look at things like Instagram. I mean, Instagram has ads, but for some reason they're not as intrusive to me in the scroll, but I guess I'm getting less input and information off Instagram because I'm just looking at pictures, whereas there's more information coming through on Facebook, but yeah, there's, there's something going on on the Facebook medium right now. And it's, it's kind of ugly. I don't know. I can't pinpoint all of it, but it's definitely like, it's still the aftermath of the hyper partnership that, this election cycle created like you know millennial kids who are really progressive or far left are finding out just how far right their parents are right and then they're just like and then they're but they they have a certain set of values that respect and family is one of them so they're definitely like yo man come on like I know, I I know you feel bad about me feeling this way, but we family, right? So so we gotta talk, and then they're like, oh hell no, uh uh-uh. <laughs> I don't care, if we family, fuck you, you you in some ratchet ass shit, like it's <laughs> that is what's going on right now, right through Facebook, and, yeah. Well, so everyone uh, everyone reads into every post, every dramatic feed, every picture, every meme, every story gets a little bit of traction, even when there's very little like newsworthiness to it you just it's everything's headlines they're not even sharing news they're sharing headlines yeah and it's always a war of ideologies and, and basically each side is saying their ideology is right 
and nobody wants to take the time to learn about their ideologies understand where they truly come from so then they can attack the thing at the core of what they're talking about it's always like it's, it's almost as if facebook was ruined when it stopped just being a text or photograph feed like all of a sudden when it became these like share links and mm-hmm. then the link pops up and it says the like quick headline like that is kind of the disintegration of the Facebook model we used to know about shared ideas and, and people contact human contact because you had to type it out or at least go copy some text in order to 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 get the impact that you get today with just clicking a share button on some wax site. And mm-hmm. and half the time they can go through that site. They can share as many things as they want without even going back into actual Facebook. You know, they're just, they're already logged in. Oh, yeah. And they're just clicking that Facebook icon, and then their friends are taking those feeds and feeding them to us. And so that's why it seems like somebody rational all of a sudden posts like an irrational post. It's because they're a fringe friend of this other person who's doing these just mega posts. And so it's just kind of rolling. Well, I mean, this person I know, they have a degree so why would they say this if it wasn't true and it just kind of creates these these snowball effect? Oh yeah, there's no of course. Like we we weren't I don't think we were built for this. Like or, right. or I should say I shouldn't say humans weren't built for this. I should say how we grew up, we weren't built for this. Well, and and in a way, I mean, we're sitting here describing uh bills pretty much the week that they're being addressed. And you know, people were having to ride horseback three days to get to Congress and get to meetings, you mm-hmm. know, for a long time. And so getting word of it and then having an opinion on it and having that opinion heard would take weeks, you know. So it's really interesting now that people are on the fly hearing the news, making a comment and actually uh, breaking news, essentially, on the, the full spectrum of Facebook. So, yeah. No, it's fine. Um, but... uh. Yeah, the the other topic that I was thinking about, though, I guess, is the uh, hearings on Congress this week with uh, Neil Gorsh. Oh, yeah, Gorshik. Gorshish. Gorshik, Neil about, Gorshik. Um, and I've got a quick excerpt of uh, one of his moments from uh, today, and it's broken down by the Washington Post. No such thing as a Republican judge or a Democratic judge. We just have judges in this country. My personal views, I'd also tell you, Mr. Chairman. All right, and per the usual, when you go to play a clip that you've already had play all the way through every time, it decides to hesitate. So essentially he was just trying to say, he, he was saying some real middle-of-the-road comments in this um, a clip and so I was playing it just to kind of outline the the centrist quality that they're trying to present with uh, Gorsuch and I think under any other Republican administration if an appointee had came up in a natural way I think he would be a quick accepted nomination um, he is pretty trend worthy from the Republican side centrist but Given the debate for um, his predecessor, that uh, Garland, mm-hmm. who who was not accepted, um, it 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 feels interesting to to wonder about actually accepting him at all. Um, if if there's some way the Democrats can reduce that to happen, so 
It's interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely still in the mode like thing when we first talked about him. This is kind of like callbacks to the episode, right? I, I, I <laughs> yeah, but I don't think this is the the hill you need to die on. Right, you don't need to die on yourself, Democrats. Like you, you're already fractured, right? Yeah, you're already fractured. You, you really, you've got to talk about. You've got people who want progressive things, and we got you guys who are more center, moderate about changes and stuff, right? And uh, we, I guess, I guess we both have to come together and be like, yo, let's talk about it. Let's let's maintain. Let's hold the line. And then uh, once we've done holding the line, then let's hash out everything we need to do. But I also think that it's important to to not uh, leave out the other side either. We need to. I, that's why I think one of my biggest questions that I have is uh, when it comes to more liberal Democratic people, what is the smallest big government can get? Right. And when it comes to conservative people, what is the biggest big? small government can get? Yeah. And is there is there some happy medium there? Right. Which is what we have to somehow attain. So I guess identifying it would be a first step. And, and, and I think you would end up getting a lot of circle talk from those people just kind of, you know, making arguments that never quite display a position that you could actually accurately um, come up with some mid-ground. Um, you know, the Republican is going to be like, well, pretty much every program is worthless. And a Democrat is going to be like, every program is necessary. And so, you know, the middle ground is... is it's it's like I don't know. Neither side can 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 come up with anything, or or actually like you're saying, come up with some value or number so we can find out who's bending how far, you know. Because if it is the Democrats or it is the Republicans that are giving up a little, at least then the public would be aware of who was and why. For sure, for sure. You know, and they'd be like, oh, well, look at our friendly Republicans yielding on this issue because they've told us how big they want government, you know. And then maybe we would yield something to them when they made it seem really important. You'd be like, well, you know, they they made a judgment that was in our favor, you know, yada, yada. And I think that's kind of how government always worked until these last, I don't, I don't know, maybe the 25 years. Yeah, probably even going back like, yeah, I would say 25 years because yeah. there's a map out there that shows you how bipartisan things were until it became people taking sides. So. And maybe maybe kind of Newt Gingrichy kind of era, that whole takeover of the government. It was like them versus Clinton. It really kind of heated the the waters on on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think like definitely I want people from both sides talking to each other, and I think there's so many people who are just like uh, I have it this way, and it has to be this way, and as long as it's this way, it should always be this way. Right. And then that's just like I don't want to hear it any other way, and I'm just like all, all right, all right, Denzel, no, well, like you should hear other people's uh, uh, way of thinking. What's been your impression uh, so far from the hearings or the things you're hear- hearing about the hearings the last couple of days on uh, Neil Gorsuch? Um, definitely haven't looked into it very much. I'm I'm waiting for it to kind of uh, come all together and maybe kind of do like more of a postmortem of it all. And but I've definitely from the small articles that I've read and everything that they're grilling him a lot. Yeah. And but their people are liking what they're hearing. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and then he's on his second day, and it was twelve hours long. So, 
I mean, he's uh, he's definitely going through the hoops. So he's, uh, you know, he's probably going to get confirmed. I mean, that's kind of the, the way that the Democrats from the, like, Sunday talk shows that I was watching leading up to this were saying was, we, we're never successful as the party of no. You know, we can't, we can't embattle against these certain appointees that will eventually get accepted anyway mm-hmm. and create a mixed message to our base um, that we're, you know, we really have to kind of yield this particular fight in a sense and focus in on the regional battles that are going on right now as a lot of those people were saying in an earlier episode, callback episode here, yeah, uh, that they're going from the school board to the president. Top of the ticket to the bottom of the ticket. Exactly, indivisible.us, y'all. So you've got to go. We got to go seek out um, those battles and actually legitimately make an effort at winning those battles and winning those influential positions and working our way up through government so that we can get to governors and we can get to the point where we're making state and federal legislation in a way that can actually impact. Uh, the people we care about because what's been happening is even when Obama was elected, we still had a divided government. I mean, for that one period of time, he had the supermajority, but he could only get health care through, essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, he did get, there was like a Women's Equal Pay Act or something that oh, he did yeah. early on. I mean, he had definitely some early successes that I think were overshadowed by the difficulty of health care. But, um, yeah, well, he never really had an easy go of it for those eight years. I mean, he really only had two years, and then from there it was the the Tea Party kind of usurped his power slowly but surely, winning elections. Oh yeah, and definitely like there's definitely it, because after watching um that one documentary on Frontline that talked about how I think it was the Divided States of America. Yeah, the Divided States of America. How Obama was basically like I think Obama got a little cocky almost. And I say that because he had the majority when he got in, but when he got in, he had to handle, he had to put through all the uh, things that Bush had to do for the the housing market collapsing. And we hadn't seen rallies like his in a long time. Yeah. And I mean, now this year we saw them for Trump and we saw them for Bernie and, and we saw them also for Hillary. But really what we saw spontaneously was for Bernie and Trump. Yeah. Obama had that. And I guess at that time, not knowing later that that's kind of a norm now, is the rally rally of your base. Mm-hmm. People driving in to just be the bodies in the field. Um, that uh, that he that must have brought him some swagger going into the office, thinking, I got the people behind me. This is going to be okay. And what happens is when government, which represents people, muddies up the water. Uh-huh. You know, but I think like what I was trying to get at is that he, when he was meeting with like Eric Cantor, and he was trying to say, "Hey, we want to put forth these things in order for us," and Obama basically said, "Skirt, no," like that is literally what Obama did. When I feel like Obama as president should have been like, "All right, how about we sit down, we talk about the things that you like," like he did that. But he didn't follow through on it. Right. And I think if he had followed through on it, you would see a lot more bipartisan things going on. And I feel at the same thing, like that's a little bit of what started to lead into like the hyperpartisanship, like you said, was already kind of 25 years in the making. Right. But this is kind of like the climactic crescendo of everything happening. So what happens when we come back down? 
I would hope that when we came came back down that we would um be able to come together and actually see everything that unites us instead of divides us. We don't want to be like divergent. We don't want to be like erudites versus erudites versus whoever else is on there. No, <laughs> non, we want to non erudites. We want to be like Shalane Woodley and be the person that combines all of them together. That's what. Why did I make a reference to that goddamn movie? I don't know. <laughs> I know. Every, everyone needs to come together. We need. We need our. I don't know, and that's that. That's what's really terrible about if if in our situation, if we're anti kind of the Trump movement, is he is in the position that could help to some degree yield some of this divide because he's the leader of the Republican Party, the so-called party of no the mm-hmm. last eight years. And he supposedly is a non-traditional Republican. So to some degree, he could re- yield some power and bring them over. But instead, you know, he's going on this just crazy off-kilter route that nobody even really understands. No, I think partially I understand it. I think he did something classically Republican, which we saw it in Andrew Jackson and we saw it in uh, Ronald Reagan, is where you used the populist fears of like the lower class Republicans in order to initially uh, initialize or not a more fiscally conservative Republican agenda. Okay. And I think that's what he's doing now. He, I think he used that base to say, hey, I'm going to say all this shit to you guys because I know I can get your votes because of it. And and then now he's like, the reason why Paul Ryan sounds like he's getting his dick sucked every time he talks about that American health bill, because that's one of the principal things he feels like. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast that he wants poor people to stop getting entitlements and... And he's framing, he's doing, uh, what is it, framework uh, genjutsu with it that frames it in a way that makes you think he is delivering on a promise, but under scrutiny, he's not. And and Trump is doing the same thing with everything that he's saying. And But eventually, he's going to want to like privatize a lot of things and run America like a business and not like a democratic republic. Okay. Yeah. Well, well I mean, time will tell. Uh, you know. Trump's in charge of our days and our nights. Trump's in charge. I want no, 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 I don't. Which works, (laughs) and and, and the Charles in charge theme, or yeah, he works because Scott Bayo is on his side. So, oh fuck Scott (laughs) Bayo. Yeah, I'm sorry. Watching him at the RNC was funny. I say that, but see, that's the thing. Like it's funny that you mentioned Scott Bayo because Scott Bayo is a dude, right? Like, <laughs> like I mean, there's nothing inherently wrong with being a dude, except for like the blatant misogyny that y'all think is okay. <laughs> <laughs> because like, what do you mean, man? Women are supposed to be women, and why can't I ask my woman to be a woman while I'm a man? right it's just like okay i get it but damn women are people too why don't you just act like it oh scott (laughs) (laughs) he stood he should have stayed living under the uh the stairway there in that uh that household that switched over hands and he still stuck around that was a really strange 
television trope there, huh? Right. They switched families, and yet the... Oh, like wife swap? Yeah, but it was like the... Fa- he, he had a show that was like 45, Scott Bale was 45 and single. No, what I was saying is, oh, so okay. so when he was living on Charles in Charge, the first few seasons, oh. that family moved, and I think they actually moved to Seattle. I think that was the storyline. Oh, shit, okay. Uh, and so um, they're moving to Seattle, and then the new family moves in, and Charles stays. Mm, okay, okay. That's just strange, because he was like the nanny, essentially. He was a nanny, and like, does the ha- when does the- when does a house keep a nanny? Like, uh, it's I don't uh, know, rich white people television. <laughs> I mean, they it's happened before. They switch families on you sometimes. Didn't they switch wives on the uh, on Fresh Prince of Bel Air? They did. Yeah. Vivian Banks was like this tall, dark skinned woman, and then she became this shorter, light skinned woman, and they acted like nothing was different. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Uh, it, it it made me wonder though. Back in the day, I was like, "Oh, they having a baby, little Nikki, little Nikki, you dark as shit. Why the fuck you so dark? I mean, I know Carlton was dark, but that made sense with older Vivian, but with this new Vivian, that don't make any sense. Why are you so dark?" And and then meanwhile, uh, Will's mom stayed the same, so. You know. Oh yeah, and then uh, I forgot his dad who came on was like a famous singer or actor or something. But yeah, no, that was an emotional scene. You know? I'm just like, damn. Yeah, I forget who played his uh, his father in in the show. And then didn't he he they spun off a little bit into uh, a different world? Didn't he like try to like date? One of them uh, from a different world, and they they like had like a. a I don't think that uh the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and a different world had a spinoff themselves. A Not different like, world. No, no, like oh. a tie-in show. Like he was either on a different world or, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. I I don't. I know that the different worlds is a spinoff from the Cosby Show. Right, but they're all um they're all NBC properties. I swore. Maybe he was just a character on a different world. Yeah, no, a lot of the, you know, the like the black actors back then were like a close knit group, so they'd definitely be on everyone's different shows. So I, I swear, I swear they tied it in as if it was the same character, but it's cool. Uh, I I'll have to find out next time. We'll do a callback, guys. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll get the corrections That's what department. Callbacks all. We'll get the corrections department on it. But yeah, Will Smith, grand career. Scott Bayo, good try. All uh, right, I think <laughs> he was he was chachi in uh in in Happy Days, so that's true. He had that moment towards mm-hmm. Joni loves chachi, and then Joni loves chachi. A spinoff. Speaking of spinoffs, mm-hmm. he was like the spinoff king, man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good times. Well, uh, what do you got? You got anything for the uh, feed your brain segment? Grow your brain? Uh, well, I do. There's one I haven't done. Well, I think I did. We did a little bit. Was how to fight. But we were talking about more conceptual things to do. But on this one, I actually found a website that actually I don't know the legitimacy of it. So if you guys want to tweet me at CRSII on this one, it is called fightforthefuture.org. And what are they doing is this says you can call Congress or attend a protest and you should. But is that it? Why stop there? Why set aside Why set aside everything you've learned, everything you are to simply be more... One more terrified person on a phone line or marching in the street. Uh, what if you did the following as well? Find someone you love to work with. Two, pick an issue 
area and angle. I'm sorry, pick an issue area and angle. Number three, do activism full-time using every connection, skill, tool, and trick at your disposal until you win. So, this is... Right, so go to uh, uh, fightforthefuture.org and then it'll send you to this whole... They have a lot of text there, but you should read it. This group, uh, they talked about how they made people care about net neutrality and how they use guerrilla tactics. Remember when net neutrality was like, you would go to Wikipedia and be like, what would happen if we didn't have a free internet? And like the Washington, uh, let me see, the New York Post was like, no. What if we could doctor these things out, right? It was like that, and it was like, no, don't let net neutrality happen. And I, I cared. Like I was like, shit, shit, no, I don't want that to happen, shit, right? So basically, what they're saying is, we need to do that with everything else we care about, right? Okay, because that's what you do. Like you, 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 you like when I was complaining about Facebook before being a, a battle of ideologies against each other. You've got to use some guerrilla tactics. All is fair and love and more people. And this is a war of ideas. So get on it. Um, and all is fair and love and war. So if you need to use guerrilla tactics in order to have people shift their paradigms, I don't fucking care. Do I f- it. I feel you, man. <laughs> well, uh, we've done it. We've gone all the way through one more time, man. Guestless in Greenwood, but it's all right. I mean, yeah, no, this is a good one. Million Dollar Studio being used once again. Uh, as always, you can get at me at Seatown Mayor because I am your coastal mayor there to lead your city, municipality. That's the hard word I sometimes say. And uh, as always, here to uh, help uh, break down the issues in a funny way if I can. And uh, with me, as always, my compadre, Chaz, which you can find on the webs through. You can follow me on Twitter at CRSII. You can also tweet me some bills for Bill Watch. And other than that, I'll let you know about some things that are going to go on in the city soon. Hope to see you guys at the uh, Science March in in April. Well, here in Seattle, I'll be at it because I love the sciences. And Uh, as always, you know, call up your uh, local representatives. Make them uh, hear your voice and uh, show up at those town hall meetings. Of course. We need to get on and tell people when those are going to be, too. We will. We'll be up uh, next week. Cheers. Cheers. No matter time, no place They don't understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes So to you other kids all across the land There's no need to argue, parents just don't understand 